This is Chico West with Filter Optional, and I'm the filter, no filter. Yeah, no, you are not the filter. Don't try no. to take that. I'm Shannon West, and I am definitely, most definitely the filter. You are the filter, and this is a Casa Kalina production. Yes, Casa Kalina is a 90-day residential treatment facility for men. Men. I almost said young men, but that's not no, true. No, no, no. We got some older I know, I dudes know. in there, and I'm, yeah. I'm loving it right yeah. now with these older guys. But we're, we're excited. We bring up uh, this podcast to talk about different issues, not just about addiction. We've done a lot of episodes on addiction, on codependency, you know, on being married to someone with ADD. Mm-hmm. Who would that be? I don't know. You know I wouldn't know anything about that. <laughs> about being married to someone with ADD? Yeah, I wouldn't know anything about that. But if you go back and listen Except to our everything. episode, Except you, everything. we did two episodes on it. Yes, we did. You know, we've done episodes on just feelings and fear. You know, yes. we've, we've done episodes. Well, a lot on COVID and it's, you know, oh, ever-changing world. And, you know, we've kind of um, steered clear of some of the issues of the day. But but we've, we've talked because... about we've talked about many different issues. Pre-COVID, we talked about, you know, uh, ch- kids and relationships with them and parenting strategies and yes. all sorts of stuff like yes. that. We've had guests on on our podcast talking about women's treatment we've talked about you know we've had men and nehemiah we went down there and did it at their facility with lewis yes. you know we've done it with obi he's been in here we we've done a lot of different episodes with arm yes we've done we we had our we had our older son on the episode one time yep and that was in the but, old studio when kevin was not officing with me yes yes so convenient yes. So, but, but you know, today's episode, and and I'm thinking, Shannon, this might be a two-parter. It might. Let's see. Let's get into it. But let's um, let's see. You how know, it we've goes. we've um, this topic we've avoided a little bit. Not avoided. We've wanted to listen. Truly, not avoiding. That's not the right word. But we have paused because we didn't want to give our you know take on what was going on when it really directly is not related to us if that makes sense i mean and that issue is but before yeah, we get ahead. into that issue let us introduce our guest today you know yeah, i i am ahead. excited you know adria and robert warner yes. you know would y'all like to say something you know well no bit? so let's I let's talk a little i'm fascinated by watching y'all exactly yes. exactly i'm ping-ponging you yes. you have to talk in the mic because we can't hear you i mean i i can kind of hear you robert tell us just a little bit about when you met chico I mean, I could tell you lots of stories. <laughs> because you Chico. met Chico before you were dating. I met Chico when Adria, I was correct? at Dallas yeah. Seminary. Yeah. I think my first interaction was <laughs> with you was uh, a practicum class. You were subbing in for another teacher, and he came in <laughs> hot. As, as, sure. as, as, as everybody knows, Chico's very he's very tame, <laughs> <laughs> just grounded. Uh-huh. You know, uh-huh. nothing. So calm yes. and collected. So he came in and. And All prepared and prepared. Green counseling students are sitting around the table waiting. This special guest is coming in. He must do something like awesome, awesome. Yeah. Let me get this closer. Uh, and he comes in and he says, What did Jesus come with? <laughs> and all the seminaries, like, there's, there's lots of ways that Jesus came. Like, what's the right answer? Right. Came with grace and truth. <laughs> I said, so I was, what did he come full of? Full of. Okay, okay full of. There you I, go. I was, that was, was a good hint. 
Yes, I said, what did Jesus come full of? I was saying John 1.14. There you go. There you, you go. Know, I didn't say John 1.14, you know, good but thing, I was... Good thing nobody said S-H-I-T. <laughs> <laughs> he knew his audience. Not in yeah, I, I, was, I was tamed. So that was the first interaction we had. First interaction, then we went to practicum student working at your private practice, going on to helping you as far as starting your practice on your own. Mm -hmm. Uh got to hear about the dreams about halfway houses and working in treatment centers and all that kind of stuff. We were asked to live at your halfway house when you had the vision of it, and we said, heck no. <laughs> I can't believe he even Rob tried answered that. that yes. actually, I, I, I think I answered that oh, you may for yeah. you. Yeah, I mean, that's just, yeah, yeah, when y'all first got newly married. Wet. Yes, y'all yeah, were no, newly married. Absolutely you, absolutely. you and I had been yeah. working together, doing groups with young men but yeah. that were living in you know Oxford houses, but no structure, and then we were, oh, yeah, we were doing that. That idea was dead on arrival. Let's just be honest. That, yeah. They weren't going to live. They weren't going to live with us. I wasn't even going there. But, yeah. you know, no, that, no. and then y'all y'all met. Y'all got married. I still remember your wedding. I loved it. You know, what I loved, I, I got to paint the picture is, uh, you know, we're, we're at that little church up in Plano. Is that correct? Right. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and it was great. It was kind of round church, you know, and, you know, Robert standing up front with his, his buddies that are the groomsmen. And a couple of them worked with us, you know, at the counseling mm -hmm. practice, Ben and those guys. And it was mm -hmm. a, a great experience. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, Adria, you come walking down. And Robert, I, I tear up because you went and met your bride halfway down. Yep. Mm -hmm. And it was just like, wow, that is cool to look meet at him, your he's bride. Cry. I know, because I love <laughs> these guys yep. so much. Yep. So we have a, a long history with Chico and uh, lots of love for both of y'all. So yeah, thank same. you so much yes. for, for allowing us to be a part of what you're, what you're doing here and being part of this conversation. We have three kids. Mm -hmm. We're going yes. to those kind of I, yeah, I want to yes. go. Yes. Oh, yes. 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 Share that. Yes. We have three kids. Let me get the ages right. We have one who is 13. Yeah, Sage is going to be 12 here in about a month. And then Selah is going to be three. And yeah. she's our little surprise oh, child, silly. which we're happy yeah. to have. Yeah. Good job. All yeah. right. Way to go. And so how long have you been married? And Robert is a counselor. Oh, so it'll be 20. It'll be, I'll, I'll get this one. Yeah, you get it. <laughs> yeah. But it'll be 20. It'll be 18, I'm sorry. 18. 18. So it'll be 18 years yes. in August. Y'all got married in 2002 because he had yeah. been working for me okay, for a little while. Okay, that yeah. is crazy because we're going to be 25 in August, but I just, I didn't realize that we were, yeah. I mean, I consider that kind of newlyweds when y'all got married. Uh -huh. at, yep. uh -huh. at, yeah. Yep. Eight, 2002, but y'all got years. married and... We yeah. went down to, remember Angie was working with us and she does mm -hmm. Casa yep. Kalina's family program with me and we went down and stayed at my parents' house. That's right, you know, for her wedding. Her for and her yep. and yep. Evan's yep. wedding that yep. was working yeah. with us. We That's had a, a cool little group. Now we all have kids and we have the old oldest kids and stuff like that. That was a special yep. time. Yep. Yeah, 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 totally. So I work at HR at a place called Group Dynamics so we're all mm -hmm. about connecting people in fun ways. I gotta give a little plug to them. Yeah, you do. Uh, uh, sure, they're like sure. a rope, ropes course and experiential therapy yeah. correct. Yeah, and it's true. up here in farmers branch you can get correct? groups you Carrollton, can get corporate yeah. they do corporate you know mm -hmm. groups and um and a, a training correct mm -hmm. and then i mean individual too but groups and, and all that for for me stemmed from our time at private practice where we said okay how do we get how do we get clients to really deal with here and now behaviors and, and seeing those things and dealing with the here and now and so we're like hey let's do experiential therapy went out to the ropes course got yeah. trained in that and for me, that started me on a different journey, 
kind of away from counseling totally. into into the team building arena. Uh, so I have that. Thank you for that as well. (laughs) Yeah, no problem. And what do you do, Adria? Mm -hmm. I am an art educator at a private independent Christian school here in the Dallas area. Yeah. Called TCA. TCA. Uh And you're a graduate of there, too. And I am an alumnus. An alumna? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) So (laughs) I I started school there in third grade and graduated and um, went off to college and was invited to come back and interview and uh, that was in 2000. So this is my, I've completed 20 years there now. Yeah. Middle and high school for wow. the most part. Yeah. Well, uh, Adrian, art. you might not know this and about art. Casa Kalina. We do every Monday, we do art therapy and it addresses the trauma and it brings out the trauma mm. that we can help build back up I the man at Casa Kalina. And her name's Rebecca and she's a great therapist. So group dynamics, That's TCA, cool. art therapy. There's even more connections now. Now, now, people that if you're listening to, because we're, you know, right now we're getting filmed. And so it's going to be on, you know, uh, Facebook and also on YouTube. But if you're listening. You never told me that. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, but if you're listening and you're not Sucker. seeing us and you're listening yeah. on podcast, y'all are African-Americans. Mm-hmm. Is, that, uh, is that shocking? <laughs> I'm Caribbean American. A Caribbean yes, American, yes. 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 And I you, want you to tell and a little I'm bit. I'm biracial. Of... I'm mixed. Yes. Um, yes. And I do um, consider myself black, mm-hmm. and um, and walk very much so, also in, a, in through a black lens and experience too. My mother is Caucasian, Welch Irish, mm-hmm. and my okay. father, who's passed away, um, grew up in South Dallas. He's a black man, um, oldest of six, in a in a very wonderful family too that uh, yes. are still here in the Dallas area yeah. as well. So yeah. and so I I bring that up because if people are listening on the podcast app or on Spotify, sure. What we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about race. Mm-hmm. You know what's been happening in our country, and it's really been you know it you know blown up. And you know last week the four of us got on a phone call, and I love that conversation, and I that's why. I, I've been trying not to use the word excited because I use the word excited a lot on this podcast. Yes. But man, I am fired up about just encouraged, wrestling. Encouraged about having the conversation. Yeah. I'm encouraged, but I'm also I I'm I'm fired up because I want to wrestle with this. I want to rumble in some vulnerability as a white man. Thank you, Brene Brown. You know? <laughs> yes. Sure. Yeah. But just to talk about She's race issues rumble, rumble, in our vulnerable. in our country. Yep. You know, and what's happening and really get you know get y'all's perspective you know because we you know y'all know a little bit about us you know you know our boys and stuff like that and Mm -hmm. you know our kids go to you know our oldest is in college and the next ones you know they play football so my my son both my boys some of their best friends are african-americans you know they they spent time at our house well and and just just to interject just a little bit um they so they're at an urban high school that is about, I'm, I'm going to get the percentages wrong, and I'm not even going to try to add them together, mm-hmm. but it's basically like 8% white and 8% African-American or black. Can say black now, you know? I mean, I... <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. On it. So, yes. yeah, 8%. And then, <clears throat> and then it's, um, you know, primarily Hispanic and then... Some Asians. Some, yeah, some other or whatever. But um, mm-hmm. so... My kids have always been drawn to the black kids because of their kind of minorities, both of them, Mm -hmm. in their particular school. 
And so they've just always had this. And, and so we talked about in our phone conversation how I think there's such a, such a misunderstanding when people say that, you know, oh, well, my kids, we, we teach our kids not to see color. They don't see color. Mm -hmm. And I've always thought, my kids see color. Like, they mm -hmm. recognize that they're the minority in the school and then the other minorities in the school now where that gets crossed up is that my kids have white privilege. I mean, flat out, just to say that. That's where it gets crossed up, that they, it's not the same. We can't say they don't see color because the color makes the difference. Well, and, and here, I, I think I shared this story with y'all, is like Travis is a, you know, on the, on, I say this often, he's on the football team at UT. Yes, you know, but it, but the, the coolest part is he's a... Way faster than his dad. Way faster. But the deal is he's a, a finance major in the business school. And I, I asked him, I go the other, you know, I don't know, six, eight months ago, okay, you want to get a finance degree, what do you want to do? He goes, Dad, I, I do. It's not as much about making money. I think I shared this with you. I, I want to make money, but I want to help out the, my buddies that didn't have the privilege that I had just because I was born white. You know, and he's talking about, you know, Xavier and Deontay and Sean. You well, know. And a little story about um, Zay who lived with us for a time period, and then I drove him to school at um, SFA. At, who went to SFA? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ah, Lady Jack. Play, yeah. Right, yeah. Right he's, he's playing <laughs> football. For and the running track. Lumber, lumberjacks. And field, yeah. Oh, and yeah. he's yeah. running track, too. Yeah. 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 Um, he's a double threat. But um, he... He's faster than He me keeps too. in touch with me via message. Um, I think uh, we've met him. Yes. You I, called me Because yeah. mm -hmm. his, his phone is not always working or whatever, so we communicate through Instagram, but he just... Instagram me a few days ago and said, Mrs. West, what's an LLC? And I said, well, yep. it's a limited liability corporation. Um, I will tell you as much as you want to know. Mm -hmm. And you just let me know how much is too much. Like, I'll give you mm -hmm. all the information you need. And then he, he replied back, I'm down with that. So I said, okay. So but I just let's... started explaining to him. But that, that you know, people need to open the door i i feel like we open the door for him to have that ask me that question absolutely and yeah. me not be like oh honey you don't need to know what an llc is that's right. never going to happen for you right you know i i mean i'm like let's go yep. yeah let's yep. have the conversation you that's why i like is. like today having adria you and robert on here and so Shannon talked earlier about just, you know, white privilege. What do y'all think of when you think of white privilege? Because we're seeing it all over the media and stuff like that. Help, you know, paint the picture for us. Before we go there, I, I want to go back to something that you said about seeing color and not seeing color. Mm -hmm. a, lot of, a lot of times when you talk about race or, or, or color or being, looking at somebody who, who is black, you say, oh, I, I don't, I don't, I'm colorblind. I don't see your color. Mm -hmm. And I think that that statement is, for the most part, a a positive, something positive that somebody's trying to convey. Hmm. For me, I want you to see my color. Um, I want you to see me for who I am, that, that I'm a person of a color. I am, this is the way God made me. Uh, yes. You know, this, is, uh -huh. this is by design. In this his is not a image. Mistake. Yeah. yeah. By this the way. is how yeah. God made me. In fact, when I'm in heaven, there's going to be people of all different kinds of colors. It, it, I think it's interesting, even in the Bible, it tells you that it's going to be different people of nations and, yes. and tongues and things like that. 
So that's, that's an important distinction that see me for my color, but don't only see my color. I think that, that's an important distinct, distinction. See me as somebody who, who is a, cover, but a color, but somebody who's a human, sure. who has value. Uh, and and so don't a, just start on my color. So in a value, way, yeah, when, sure. when some oh, I don't see color, they're not actually seeing you. Right. When they when people make those statements, even though I, I love your and art, not, Robert. And they're not validating your experience in life. Yep. Yeah. They're not validating that because they're like, oh, yeah, I mean, I don't see that. You know, I, I, I think everybody's equal. And they're not. Right. Yeah. I mean, they haven't been treated. Mm -hmm. They are equal. Right. Let me rephrase that. Yep. They are, but they haven't been treated that way. And so it just doesn't, from a counseling therapist perspective, it doesn't validate your feelings well but at the same time yes when, and where right. i was I mean, going sorry. is robert i like your heart you're going okay people are are trying to connect with me and you right. know mm -hmm. and i think their intent is good but you know they're really not seeing me right mm -hmm. is that yeah. fair mm -hmm. to say yeah and and it's rare for me to correct them because i know their heart i know what they're trying to say but those who are close to me if they were to say something like that i might say something to them hey this is this is I appreciate what you're saying, but I want you to see my color and kind of go from from there. I think that's an important thing. But also from, from my perspective, it's important for me to give grace there, too, and understand what people are trying to say. Yeah. On this show, we've talked a lot about Shannon went, you know, back at the end of May when it first opened up on site and on site has mm -hmm. these different workshops. And I've been going every year for about eight years, you know, to. Uh, they have these like living centered workshops and stuff like that. And, and I, I don't know if this analogy makes sense, but they started doing about four years ago, uh, a deal for parents that's lost kids and miles, the guy who owns it is a good buddy of mine. He goes, I didn't realize this, you know? And so that you just helped me. He goes, I didn't realize this, that, you know, these parents that lost their kids, he goes, they wanted their their child's name, name. to yes. be said. Oh, absolutely. You know, and it's mm -hmm. like we dance around that. No, tell me, tell me his name or tell yep. me right. her name. Mm -hmm. yep. You know, and a lot of people that have lost kids from addiction and stuff like that or car absolutely. accidents, tell me their name. Yep. Yeah. You know, and then so it's in a way it's similar to that. Does that make sense, AJ? Yeah, it does. I I one of the things that I think of as an art teacher, and every year, almost every year, I've had a student um who was colorblind in my art classroom and it's interesting them being the minority clearly yeah. um traditionally in the room to um to be the the leader of this group that helps them see how they can participate um immensely in the process of making art without them you know feeling like they're always having to operate out of out of a disability too so totally. even when you look at color blindness deficit it is you know it is there is a deficit there and so if i understand it correctly at, at a basic level you know the cones line up and basically the r opposing cones so Travis red has and green oh, okay but he's i didn't even know uh -huh. yes. so is that is that correct that um, is correct. so he would be right to say okay. that <laughs> 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 he really red doesn't green see that. traditionally yeah, <laughs> yeah, cones really, yeah, are yeah, yeah when he says he doesn't see color yeah he's right no but it's, yeah. it's like orange i mean green and orange when he when they're on top of each other like a yes orange 
letter in yes. green dots he can't see it becomes difficult it, it, to decipher yes. between the colors but yes. what's interesting is that and when we talk about art we talk about the elements of art and, and before we talk about color we talk about value and you brought that up earlier too which yeah. was great too um, value being the presence of light and what light does to expose the grayscale oh. and and so if you back up even a little bit because colorblind people see value Value has already been given. It's already been established oh, I love before this. we even get into color. And, and value is, is the light entering is, is by that which by we see. Wait, wait, can and you so, repeat that again? Because that is so powerful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, you know, colorblind people value already see first. value. Yes. Value, yes. because it's light. That so yeah. light establishes <laughs> value. Value is the representation of a gray scale. So everything from white, the brightest of light, all the way down to black, potentially the absence of light, mm -hmm. everything that is exposed holds value. If you can see it, it holds value intrinsically. And so from there, we have the color spectrum. And um, in that, there's a lot of movement, really, where we all fall. Um, we don't, it can't be proven how exactly every individual sees color. That's not, yes. even, that's not a provable way because we understand color socially and we attribute um, particular terms and words to shades and tones and tints sure. of color. We've put a word and to so, it. And so, yeah, we define it by what socially is acceptable and understood and widely understood. And that's how we define color um, when we're looking at when we're looking at light too. And so I've got kids in my classroom, when it becomes known that someone in the class uh, has some, you know, there's some disability happening mm -hmm. in the way that all works itself out, they're very concerned that that individual is gonna be able to participate in any real level in the work that we do in our classroom. Sure. And so it's, it is, it's wonderful to see once we kind of talk about that elephant in the room, how are they going to get an A in my class right. when I'm, yeah. I'm giving them an assignment where we're, we're drawing from life and they really do need to be able to decipher and discern and discriminate between the particular nuances of greens right. or of reds. And they're not going to be able to do that on their own. And so it really, it affords the, the privilege of the majority to come alongside of and participate in helping them decipher these smaller nuances of color. But that's already out of a sense of what has already been established as value. Amen. And so it all falls in the spectrum of value. And so there's su it, those are the those are the kinds of conversations that I get to talk about. Talk about an analogy classroom. for life. I yep. mean, unbelievable. One yes. yeah. in Robert, you brought it up. No value me right. i'm a black man mm -hmm. right you know and like adria you said no i i'm a black woman you know my wife my mom's caucasian my you know father was a black man that grew up in south dallas you know oldest of six and it's like wow that's that's who you are yep. you know and so i but in I explaining like it that way takes away like we talked before we didn't talk about this before no. this is like an organic like awesome analogy and everything but we talked about conversation stoppers like when you mm -hmm. say i'm colorblind mm -hmm. and then the person that you're talking to says you'll never understand yes you know mm -hmm. i was asking robert like how do you 
and Andrea, like, how do you respond to those friends that are saying, you just, you'll never understand, you'll never understand, and, and Robert pointed out the fact that, well, those in a therapeutic setting, those are conversation stoppers. And so mm -hmm. it's like, to say, first of all, to say that you're colorblind, or that your kids are colorblind or whatever, is kind of a conversation mm -hmm. stopper also. Mm -hmm. Because what it, it puts you on the in the position to have to explain why you think that people aren't colorblind, you know what I'm saying? But as we and were talking you don't about want to that, be in that position. But so when we were talking about that last week, but when you can talk this, about value is what I'm yes. saying. When you can talk about value, that's not a conversation stopper at yep. all. Yep. yep. You know, and with art, it's scientific. I guess it's scientific. <laughs> it's a yes. brain, right? Yeah. I mean, yes. I mean, it's the way light works. That's science. Yes. Okay. Yes. I'm not a scientist. So those conversation stoppers, and I think we were talking in the terms of if a white person were to come to a, a black person and try, you're trying to talk about race, and they just stop you and they say, "You just don't. You'll you won't understand. You're not. You don't have the black experience." The tendency to that is like, okay, so what am I supposed to do with that? Like. It's a conversation stopper. But really, it's it's almost an expression of probably a lot of emotion underneath that. That's what we talk along, along those lines of, man, what's the deeper emotion? What's going on there? And what's the meaning that's behind that? It's and, and for somebody who hears that, man, don't just stop at that. Try to get curious with that. Like, help me understand. Just just to, just to say, okay, all right, well, then what am I supposed to do with that? Right. Yes, and we've talked about that in other podcasts. Is we've talked about curiosity. I'm a big mm -hmm. fan of that and yes. getting curious. And that's why I love today with us is like I, I want to understand. I'm not a black man. You know, I'm a short, white, hairy guy. You know, that's not real fast. We raced one time at the old counseling <laughs> office. <laughs> You know, and you lost. <laughs> shocker. I mean, but shocker. That, that I mean, of... he would lose to Travis too, not yeah. just because you're black. Yeah. <laughs> right? But that, that kind of I leads mean, us back to your question to the of whole, yeah. white privilege. What, yes. what, what do so, we understand yeah. of that? And that that race analogy, and I think a lot of people have seen that online. There's, there's a video that goes around, I think, that does a pretty good job of uh, starting that kind of conversation so you can kind of see it in the illustration. Uh, taking one step forward if, yes, you know, yes. And so, I like yeah, that video. I like that video. So, yeah, so the video, great. you know, you have a guy who's at camp, a camp leader. He has all these kids of different races. He says all like they would do at camp. I mean, I grew up at camp. Everybody get on the line. We're going to have a race. Whoever wins, get this $100 bill. Everybody gets on the line. He, here's some qualifiers. If you, if these yeah. certain things are true about you, take two steps forward or a step forward. If you grew up and you have access to private school, right. take a step forward. If you grow up and you know, you've never had your phone turned off, take a, take a step forward. If both of your parents are at home, take a step forward. Right. Uh, if you've never so, been pulled over by the police and right. know, right. harassed and so, or whatever, yeah. At some point, he stops them and has the people who are up front turn around and look back. And he basically says all the, all the, the the steps that you've made had nothing to do with with yourself. Right. Like you had no choice in this. Your value. It was it was <laughs> it was, it was granted to you. Mm -hmm. If we were to run this race, who would get this hundred dollars? Probably, if you were to figure who would get the hundred, it's people who are up front. Sure. And so, the picture is that there there are because of the way things have been set up, some choices made by others that 
some have seem to have an advantage in this this race uh, of life mm-hmm. than, than others. And you know, I watched that video, and I think that is true. There, there, there's some truth to, to sure. that video. Right. That it is easier in some senses for, for others just because things have been set up. Well, and that's what I was saying with, with Travis, getting his finance degree, he wants to make money, but he then wants to use the, the money that he makes to help out the kids that he grew up with that didn't have the advantage of right. growing up in my household. Well, right. and here's another thing that I think people get hung up on with this is that I've heard a lot on the news and in podcasts and everything lately with this issue, the topic of empathy. Mm-hmm. And it's my understanding that by definition, empathy means that you can actually experience what another person is experiencing mm-hmm. otherwise it's sympathy right. that's just kind of my understanding mm-hmm. of those two words right. but but people keep calling for empathy 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 and so i have tried to figure out how i can empathize with somebody that i'm not experiencing life as and so i think that white people have to dig deep and use their imagination first of all and imagine being in those shoes. And we talked about the instance of me and five of my friends on bikes and we were riding the wrong way and we passed a police officer and they were all like, police, police. And we were were like, who cares? And we just rode on. And then I said at the end of our bike ride, I go, y'all, that was an example of white privilege because that was the conversation of the day. And they were like, how, what are you talking about? And I'm like, can you not put yourself in the shoes of a black person riding their bike and passing a police officer and not having some sort of feeling mm-hmm. of fear or anger or whatever. Right. Oppression, I mean, whatever. And so I think for me, that's where empathy comes in. We have got to dig deep and imagine, use our psychotherapy, psychodrama, whatever you want to use. <laughs> well, and it, but if you put yourself Shannon, in someone's part, try. Part, to, part of empathy is, it, you have to first be vulnerable, you know, that we can all get to that place of vulnerability. I don't know what it's you like do. to be you a black man. You don't know what yes. it's like to be a, a black woman, but we have two in here, you know, mm-hmm. that are, are a couple, but we can be vulnerable with each other yes. and come to the table and it's, begin to have conversations. It's like, because I'm comfortable with our relationship, I felt like I can admit to racist thoughts without being a racist. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I think that there are many people out there that need to admit to racist thoughts without the fear of being known or called a racist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's a hard thing to do, to be honest, in this environment, because there is a very, almost a trigger happy like you say something wrong or you make a you say a wrong statement we're going to jump all right. over you without any grace boom and i'm and right now if you're listening i'm pointing the finger because when i point the finger what happens i got three pointing back at me right mm-hmm. right I've you know before. yeah mm-hmm. and so it's like you know it's like we get fearful because if someone points the finger it's like Whoa. but it but it can be a a, a a roadblock in the conversation it can be another conversation stopper like i say something and you say you're that's racist and then if i absorb that as i'm racist not mm-hmm. that's racist and how can i correct that and mm-hmm. how can i absorb that instead i take it as i'm racist and i'm like i'm done that's a conversation stopper mm-hmm. well and, and one of the unifying factors here is too in 
and we'll, I know we'll get to this later, talking mm. about the narrative that's being told oh, yeah. um, and, and storytelling and, and how well or not we do that as a society, too, being, being a relatively young country. You know, we don't have such a great history um, as other <laughs> right. cultures have of passing down the narrative. And so uh, the narrative also that we have in common is um, in our and I'm looking at this through a biblical lens, is in our, the unity becomes in understanding how sinful we are and how we have that in common and understanding the grace that's been extended to us in our most dire time of need being dead mm -hmm. in sin and that there was nothing we could do to pull ourselves out of that. And so if we, that's one, that's a preeminent place to start, I yes. guess, sure. in our ability to empathize with those who are hurting um, is from that place, from a, a true, authentic recognition of uh, how our brokenness of our own yes. brokenness. Mm -hmm. and, and one of my favorite verses is Psalms 15. Mm -hmm. I mean, 51, 16 and 17 is the sacrifices of God are not burnt offerings or I would offer them. But mm -hmm. the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit and a broken and contrite yes. heart. Yeah. Right. You know, and so and then as Robert we, brought up Romans twelve. You know, but we, wait, with those that wait, we, just, I just I know, but that's wait, that's all I was gonna I, say. I, but what I'm doing right here is what go, I, go. I love it is, I mean, I want to I want y'all to sit with this, okay? And right now we're gonna we're gonna come I back. I knew I knew you were gonna do this, yes. so I wanted to throw this. <laughs> I'm gonna throw it back in there. The Romans twelve, weep yeah. with those that weep. It goes with the empathy. Okay, it does go with the empathy. Absolutely. Yes, yeah. that's why she's Let the filter. Let me top that off. Let okay. me <laughs> top that but off. But man, <laughs> I I like this. I like that this is gonna be a double episode, and we're gonna talk about the narrative. So tune in next week, you know, and hear right. more from Adrian Robert uh, and. The no filter. We'll be and in the same clothes, so yes. everybody get ready for that. So thank you once again, Casa Kalina Production, and we appreciate you listening to us. Peace out. Peace out.